Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, it 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. First show of 2023 for us here, and we were expecting to talk about just a great football weekend wire to wire great games all the way throughout we get to one of the most anticipated monday night football matchups that we can remember in a long time between the bills and the Bengals last night and then midway through the thir- uh, first quarter after making a play on t higgins damar hamlin the defensive back for the buffalo bills stood up and just collapsed um went into a cardiac arrest and the very latest from the buffalo bills is that he is still in critical condition they were able to get his heartbeat back on the field and that is where we are at right now but look you guys have been a lot up close and personal more so than i have or most majority of people listening i mean you guys have seen a lot of wild things on a football field before injuries emotions all that stuff i don't recall seeing a lot of things that even came close to what we saw last night crazy that was uh i'm sure horrifying for a lot of people who were watching and and even for guys who have played and been a part of the game uh i'd never witnessed anything like that now i've been through some tragic events but you know they didn't take place in the middle of a game like that I've, i've seen injuries we've seen guys who've gone down and and you've got down on a knee and prayed around other teammates and you've watched them be carried off and you know or, or they get up and are able to walk it off and and they give you the sign of hey everything's going to be okay this was this was different you know this was one of those moments that really made you look back and kind of reflect on the game itself, the risks that athletes put themselves in. And obviously, we still don't have a lot of information on what exactly it is uh, that took place. But we do know DeMar Hamlin went into cardiac arrest. And if, if, if not for the 20 medical professionals who acted swiftly on the field to save his life, I mean, it, it could have been catastrophic. And, and I guess from the last update that we've received from the Buffalo Bills, you know, he's in critical condition at this point. However, it, it looks like the prognosis moving forward is a bit more optimistic than what it was when they were performing CPR for nine minutes. So just a, a crazy, scary event. And, and even how it happened, because it seemed like it was so out of the ordinary. It wasn't one of those big collisions. It wasn't a, a hit like we saw with Josh Sweat this past weekend where he, he laid limp on the field or motionless. You know, this was a hit where... It didn't seem overly vicious. Him and T. Higgins both went to the ground, and he got up and then subsequently fell, which, as you saw afterwards, how scary that moment then became. But, again, credit to um, all the, the, medical, the medical staff involved with both teams uh, for being able to save his life. <clears throat> it's, it, it puts things in perspective when you see those things happen. I actually did experience something kind of close um, to to what happened last night um, in the hit that took place, and it was ninety seven 
when our tight end was was hit in in the Michigan game, Bob Stevenson. Um, one of the most scariest moments, upsetting moments that that you could ever have. It's it's a it's a surreal moment when you see. And and I don't even think the hit last night was even that. It wasn't that. It wasn't a bad hit. It wasn't like it was a crazy, crazy, violent hit. And then, and then he, you know, he went to the ground. It just, you know, however it happened, it happened. And you saw how serious it was in nature, the way he fell back down to the ground. Um, and not to kind of mix the two stories, but just when when you see and you experience something so close up, and and you're so close to it, those those first those first few moments, man, are you know you just start reevaluating so quickly. Like you you start you start thinking about all of the things that you're thankful for. You you start praying and and hoping that you know, it's going to work out and, and be okay. You know, those two guys never played any football again after after that hit um, in, in 97 in, in Happy Valley. Um, I don't know, you know, what what the young man's, you know, future is in, in terms of playing the game. You just hope that, you know, he's okay. And, and you hope that, you know, he, you know, finds his way back to, to the level of health that he had before before that moment took place and and that whatever the prognosis was that comes out of it is is that you know I'm, that they're clear hopefully on what it was and I, I guess when you when you again put it in perspective you you I think the first thing you you ask yourself is man is it worth it you know, and you start thinking about. I don't play anymore, but I have two two sons that play the game, and and you immediately start to ask yourself, you know, are you okay with it? Are you okay with your kids playing? And I know that that's probably what a lot of people thought last evening, and I think that that's one of those hard conversations to to actually have, you know, when something like that happens. But I also would say putting it in perspective. You know, it's it's you you understand that it is a violent game, and that certain things you know can happen, and and is that the is, you know is the physicality of the game the reason why that happened? I don't know, um, but again, I hope the young man is is okay and recovers well, and you know I don't know I, I don't know how you know how we you know people will make sense of it. Because that's a hard one. Because it's it's connected to a physical game. It uh, you could tell by the reactions of the players that it was just a different deal. Like you could also tell by the sense of urgency on the field. Anybody that's ever you know seen a loved one get taken away in an ambulance or get taken away, you know, there's like a a, a pace that they're at. And when it when it's okay, you know, we, we just want to make sure everything's okay. They're looking at vitals, they're checking everything, and they get them loaded up and they take them away. There was a sense of urgency almost immediately. To Brady's point, they acted really fast, and a lot of people got together. And just to see the reactions of the players, you could tell for, I would probably say, a majority, if not all of them, had never seen anything to that level and to see how bothered and upset and, I mean, basically disturbed would be the best way for it. Just the looks on their face was pretty telling of just how serious the situation was on the field. I, I can't even imagine, man. That's that's rough. It, it's, it, it's incredible to think that and, – and I know Troy Vincent of the NFL has come out and almost fallen on the sword for Roger Goodell, but um, the, the, it's, it's incredible to think that the NFL paused for a period of time and thought – they were maybe going to go back out and and call and play that game. There was no chance. Well, there was no chance because you had two men, one in Zach Taylor and and other, the other in Sean McDermott, who weren't going to allow that to happen. And credit to them, you know, forget records, forget what they've accomplished so far as head coaches. 
they both walked across the field and talked to each other, and, and it looked like Zach Taylor initiated and was like, this ain't happening. Like, you go back to your locker room and talk to your players. I'm going back to mine, but I don't think either one of us are in a position to want to go play a meaningless football game in the grand scheme of life. And I, and I say that only because, like, I, I understand there's playoff implications and all this stuff that we care about with football. We talk about it every day. But now you're talking about guys who just witnessed something that they may never witness again in their life where a medical staff had to save someone's life on the field right there in front of them. And he made a play that looked very similar to all the plays that had occurred before that in the game and maybe throughout their lives playing football to a degree. And he just dropped. I mean, that is a scary, scary event for all parties involved to witness. And I, and I just I sit back and think to myself, it, it took – and I'm not going to base this off of social media – um, the cesspool that that is. Yeah. But it took them so long to be able to call it for what? For what reason? I mean, you're the NFL. Who knows what was going to occur once Tamar Hamlin went into that EMS, went, went, went to the hospital. You had no idea the status of that young man. And that's all that mattered at that point. Not playing a game. So I I was a bit disappointed by the NFL handling it and kind of delaying the inevitable of just calling it at that point. And I I realize there's a lot of communication involved. They were still trying to get more information. But, I mean, and ESPN, by the way, did a tremendous job covering it. All parties involved, whether it was up in the booth and Joe Buck and Troy, Lisa Salters, who was um, incredibly strong handling it, and everyone else, everyone even in studio. They, they did such a good job handling something that you're just not prepared for from a broadcast standpoint. But the NFL, to, to me, was finally got it right, but just it looked so, so bad for about a half an hour, 45 minutes, a period of time where you're like, are we, like, like why is this like, still being considered postponed? Like, this, this game is over. They're not playing tonight. Like, send the fans home. You had people sitting in the stands for, what, an hour or more than an hour waiting to get a decision to be made? It was that was ridiculous in my mind. And look, we learned during COVID, it, there, if there's ways that you can figure out how to reschedule a game and get it done quick. I mean, Brady, you called a, a college football game at what nine a.m. local time in L.A. at the Rose yeah. Bowl. Like there, yeah. there's options. There's you know other days. There's way to, ways to figure this out. The idea, just to see the look on those players' faces and and for those coaches, yeah, to understand these guys aren't playing. Like this is this is different. They know it's different. There's a different vibe, a different feel to it. Uh, just the, the fact that there was any sense that well, we could probably get this in. You know, just just let's see how this works. And then yeah, that was crazy. I I didn't get I, the feeling at all at any point after it happened, seeing the looks on faces. I don't know how they play this game. Like you look in 2012, we had a player take his own life and 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 the life of his baby's mama the day before a game. I mean, we were literally. I was driving in to go to the facility, and I was directed by the police to take a different exit, which was extremely unusual. Was that the day before the game? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was the Saturday morning before. And I called my quarterback coach, Jim Zorn, and he always said to me on the phone was, Brady, there's been a, a tragedy that's taken place. He goes, I need you to listen to me, and I need you to go to the stadium and wait for further instructions. And I, I, saw, I was like, Coach, what is going on? He's like, I, he's like I, I can't tell you at this time. He goes, I, I need you to wait, and I need you to go to the stadium, and I need you to tell that to every other player, too, that's still coming in. Because obviously I'd get in there before most. And so as, as we saw, started to funnel into the stadium locker room, there are a few players who are already aware of the situation, given who his, his baby mama was and what had already occurred. And – you know, at that point, I wasn't sure what to think, but once I was being told what had taken place, I was in a state of shock. I mean, this was a player that I lined up from every day that season in stretch lines. He was our base inside linebacker starter and core special teams player. He had just had a little baby. Uh, I remember sitting out during one of the events at the stadium in the suite, looking out on the field with him and his daughter Zoe and talking about life and perspective and how things change when you have a a child. And all of that, gone. And guys were, like, literally in a state of shock. Some guys were, were, you know, crying their eyes out 
you know, losing a friend, losing a teammate. And I, I, never, I remember thinking to myself, like, how in the world do they expect us to go play a game? And yet the NFL pushed forward. And it, it, was, it was probably one of the more ruthless truths and, like, hardest times in my life, like, in perspective, thinking about the game of football and, and whether it matters or, or not. Because of everything that transpired, even the following week with, you know, the, um, the funeral and everything that, that, you know, transpired that season. But it just, it all felt so meaningless in the grand scheme of things. But just the fact that, you know, obviously the people in Kansas City did the best they could to handle the situation, which no one's prepared to handle that. But the reality was, you know, th- there should have been more time and consideration taken for all parties involved. And so I'm glad the NFL, again, came to the right conclusion at some point last night. And how they end up, you know, scheduling this, it seems like kind of insignificant at the moment. And I know it matters for the greater scheme of what the NFL, you know, provides as a form of entertainment for football. But, again, until they understand, until they get a better sense of DeMar Hamlin's health, it's going to be hard to want to think that, that you should have either team move forward given what, you know, T. Higgins was a part of in that play and Cincinnati witnessed, and even Buffalo. I mean, some of those players stayed in Cincinnati where the rest went back because they wanted to stay and be with their teammate. Yeah, there was a report from Lisa Salters uh, and, and ESPN that said Stefan Diggs took an Uber to the hospital and was just sort of still in a, kind of a state of panic. Just wanted some some answers, wanted to know what was going on. It's just an uneasy feeling trying to get back on a plane and go back to Buffalo when your teammate is in a hospital that you saw nearly die on a field feet away from you. It's That's just a crazy, crazy situation all the way around. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Him Sex Choose and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. On the playing field over in the NFC when it comes to the world of football, um, you know, some of us were poking fun at Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers weeks and weeks ago. I mean, I was a believer from from the get-go. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I was definitely a believer from the get-go that the Green Bay Packers were going to be making a a run here. I mean, I believe I had the Packers going to the Super Bowl. So, um, Oh, you did? Yeah, I tried to tell everybody. I was trying to tell you guys when you guys were ready to just toss them aside. You know, I was trying to be I was the one talking about Aaron Rodgers licking toads and how I felt like it was going to be really the best thing for this team moving forward. Hmm. And um so they're really going to do this, huh? Like, like this is really going to happen. Rodgers called his shot, and then, of course, after the game on Sunday and that just dismantling of the Minnesota Vikings, uh, he spoke big picture about the Green Bay Packers and what he saw moving forward. Things have been happening for us the last few weeks exactly as we need them to happen, and that's the mindset that I've had uh, the entire time, that uh, – that there's some uh, destiny involved with this, and, and it's just on us to go out and fulfill that. That's a dangerous team if they get it they at seven. They spank Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota they looks so bad. They didn't just beat them. They spanked them. Minnesota looks so bad. <laughs> it's yeah, what man. they're capable of, though, right? Yeah. I mean, th- th- this is what I think this team has been capable of. Now, they got a lot of help, right, defensively, special teams. Um, was it Nakeem Hines? What was his first name? The, the kickoff return that they've got, my goodness. Like, that dude, I think he's averaging, what, over 90 kickoff yards a game since he's come on on the Packers. Like, he's been phenomenal for them and helping set up field position and all that. And, and just look, as a quarterback, when you've got a dynamic returner, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest. Like, when they're returning for touchdowns, like, sometimes that can make you – you kind of – you love it, but you kind of hate it at the same time because you get out of a rhythm. Right, like it could be 15, 20 minutes before you touch the football again, maybe a half hour, depending on stoppages and how long drives are. But when they're just setting you up with like plus field position, when you get the brown midfield and that's where you're starting your drives, you love that because you know a lot of times with offensive coordinators they're aggressive and they're going to dial up shots right away, or just the fact that you really don't need to do that much before you get back into the red zone or into the end zone. Uh, so Keyshawn he, Nixon is uh, is Keyshawn the, Nixon. Yeah. That was way off. That's all right. Close. No, we'll I was, clean, I was like, I think Naheem Hines almost. We'll clean it up in the podcast. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, like, well, nobody heard it. We're fine. But that's that's oh. usually never the case, actually. Um, but, but in, in all seriousness, how that feel, Lee? I mean, I, I listened back and I'm like, oh, I, I thought we were, I thought we were taking that out. I guess Jonas was joking. And then I, the next week, I thought we were taking that out. Oh, just, uh, um, but but in all seriousness, like. That's such a big lift to this offense that I don't even know that anyone – I mean, Aaron Rodgers talked about it. But, but again, this is all about the power of the mind and manifestation Great point. Uh, of making these things come true, LeVar, right? Isn't that how this works? First of all, Jonas, you're, you just leave, leave Q alone, man. Let him make his points. Um, <laughs> secondly, you know, watching the way Green Bay played in that game, they look like – Green Bay from last year. There were glimpses of it. And for them to be in the position that they're in after the start of the season that they've had, to be able to get things going the way that they've had to have this late in the season, man, I don't remember, I don't recall it very vividly, so you'll, you'll excuse me if I don't have it all the way correct. But it reminds me a little bit of when the Steelers found a way to get into the playoffs. And I think they were like an eighth seed or something to that effect 
when when they got in the year they wanted. I want to say that was, was it the '05 year. They beat uh, Denver in the AFC title game. Uh, Jake Plummer was the quarterback. I want to say it was that. Uh, uh, they they were a six seed because that six seed six that, seed. That was when they beat Indianapolis and Jerome Bettis fumbled. There you go. And yep. and their Indianapolis was going to return it for a touchdown, and Ben Roethlisberger made a play, which basically saved saved their Super Bowl run and got them their first Super Bowl on the path too. So. So a sixth seed is I, I don't know that that had even ever happened maybe once or so not even certain that that's ever happened and I, I would assume Green Bay would have to be a very very um, you know low ranked team um, in terms of the seeding if they were indeed like what what has to happen for them to make the playoffs by the way. Uh, the Packers? They yeah. just have to win this week. Yeah. That's it. They just have to all, win. All they Detroit. needed was Cleveland to beat Washington, which they did this past week. <laughs> right. And, right. And the irony to that, too, and this isn't to make fun of Coach Rivera because, you know, people were taking shots at him after the game because he wasn't aware yeah, that they could aware. be eliminated. But, yeah. I mean, Rodgers talked about it. He literally said, like, we're Browns fans. Like, go Browns before this week even took place. And, and of course, you know, they end up <laughs> – Again, everything that they said they needed to happen, they they, they manifested it. So it's well, it's all coming full circle. I think it all I think it all worked out because this is one hundred percent now once again the way that Aaron Rodgers planted out to happen. Yeah, you know I think that this was the script that he wanted to play out. I think he wanted people to understand the level and the magnitude of of gravity to greatness that that Aaron Rodgers has and and right now you know he's showing everyone and you know that's just how I see it man you know it's the Aaron Rodgers movie it's the Aaron Rodgers story I think it'll be better than Kurt Warner's you know I'll watch it well what what wouldn't be he's gonna make his own yeah yeah. I, I mean, but it's going to come out on on Prime Videos after the, after the season, you know. Yeah. But it's not like yeah. Rodgers is playing that great. I mean, like, you know. Oh, like, you just sound so, such a Bears fan. Right no, now. I'm not. I listen, I, I, don't, I don't care. What do I care? The just Bears are take irrelevant. Your L and move on. Hey, right? listen, They're the, going to the playoffs. He's probably going to go on a Super Bowl run. It's, it is what it is. Listen, the Bears, the Bears, the Bears aren't even bowl eligible this year, so it doesn't oh. even matter. Okay, so the, the Green Bay Packers <laughs> are, you know, they've been a better team for 25 years. So can, we're can fine we go that. back to the whole manifestation thing? Like, so <laughs> I, I understand. Like, I believe in the power of belief the mind, all that stuff too. But just because you say it and try to manifest it, what about if other people are trying to do the exact opposite and saying it and manifesting it against yeah. you? Like Aaron Rodgers if, is is higher. His manifestation. He's higher up in manifestation. Yes. And and it took him licking the toad, as Jonas would say. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's experienced the level of mental enlightenment that has led to him being able to manifest um, what he wants. That's that's why he told everybody to R-E-L-A-X, you know, and and went from there. I mean, it's just this is just Aaron Rodgers-esque. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Like, you're right, Q. Like, who's to say that? Well, you said it's going to happen this way, so that's how it's going to happen. Don't yeah, I mean, I mean Tom know. Brady, he couldn't come out and manifest something? Or well, Jonas seems couldn't? Like that would be is. more powerful? Well, it does seem like Tom Brady is manifesting. I mean, some way, somehow, they're one of the worst, really, really good teams in the league right now. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But they're they're the champs. They're going into the playoffs. They they've clinched. So, I mean, for as poorly as they've seemed to have played, they don't have very many losses. It's kind of weird. But you know, you know what? Tom Brady has a different level of manifestation um, that, you know, other people, you know, they just don't possess it, you know. And I am being totally sarcastic to everyone out there. And if you hear a little bit of a twinge or whatever in my voice, it's because I was screaming in my head off for, for four quarters yesterday. And, you know, you don't realize how loud you're screaming, by the way, in, in a stadium that's really loud until the noise of the stadium subsides. And then you realize that to hear, in order to hear yourself and to feel like the yelling that you're doing to the players during the game, how obnoxiously loud you are, 
Um, you don't realize it until your vocal cords are angry with you by yeah. by the end of the game. You got to us. Can we get into it? I mean, yeah. can we ask you how, how was it? Good win. Oh, we man. are. I we mean, are. Dominant win. Finally bailed by out. Way. Bailed out the crummy Big Ten for once. Oh, we didn't have yeah, a good seriously. showing this year. Yeah, yeah, it's not been good. It was <laughs> Penn good State show. represented, man. Yeah, they did. Hey, um, I, th- I think a lot of people were uh, shocked that it went the way that it went, actually. Oh, no. Yeah. I had Penn State. I, by the way, I was shocked that Penn State wasn't favored initially. Yeah. They were the underdog, and then as the leading up to the game, that, that line moved. But love the over, which I believe hit. Love the uh, love Penn State in that one. But yeah. let me ask you this. I, I saw some pictures from the stadium. Utah seemed to travel well. <laughs> like, they, they had us outnumbered. Were you yeah? Were you yelling because you guys were outnumbered? It looked like it was a sea of red. You know, it's crazy. By the time we got to the the fourth quarter, you could we we overpowered. We we probably represented. It looked as though we represented twenty five percent of the stadium. And yeah, that's they re- that's they what. represented. They rep that twenty five percent. It sounded like they were fifty percent. You know, we were overtaking their their fan base. Like it, it was pretty cool. You're going it, up against. There were a ton of Utah Utes up in there. I mean, um, at half, you guys, because it was tight. It was to what tight at half or four? You guys up fourteen? One? Yeah, fourteen, fourteen. It had to have been fun. Like that was a good open. game up until it was a very. I mean, it was it was what you thought it was going to be. Um, they were going until to be rise physical. Got hurt. Yeah. Well. He was he was the difference maker in the game, and unfortunately, he was the difference maker because he kept stepping out of out of the truck and going into the Serengeti, man. And then when you be running in the Serengeti, and there's a whole bunch yeah. of lions out there running in the Serengeti, and you catch a you know you go catch a body. I mean, you just go catch a body. You you, you got to stay. Nobody. Put. Yeah, man. But yeah, he, he, you know what we say. At, uh, you know what we say yeah, at North Hills, Lamar. That. You know what we say at North Hills. What's that? You ain't ready for the Getty. Mm. You know what I mean, yeah, between the white lies, man, it's the Serengeti, and I guess maybe this is right now. I don't know. Serengeti. Yeah. It is two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. By the way, congratulations to Sean Clifford. Final game. Cliff Dog. Yeah. Final game at Penn State at age forty-two. So congratulations to him. Oh, don't do that to my Ohio guy. Come on. Hey, he played well, man. He, he, he did. Played he played well. great. And that was his, that was his last last one. Well. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Lavar, you think he's gonna he's gonna try to go pro, or you think he's? I mean, I'm sure he wants to play play at the next level, but I'm sure he. You know, the one thing about him being so older, so much older, you know, the, his level of maturity is there. You know, he created his business, um, limitless, and he's got he's got plenty of athletes that he's already been representing and getting them NIL deals. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by his business acumen and and just his willingness to, to take a chance on, on creating a startup business while in school, while playing, but who better to do it than someone who understands exactly how school works, um, understands the schedule of, of how football works and is able to balance out all of those things. And there may be a tad bit of sarcasm in that as well. Um, in terms of how, <laughs> I was how to much say, was he taking he classes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little sarcasm there. But but in, at the same token, you know what, there is some genuineness in that as well. Sean Clifford yeah. is a very impressive, impressive young man. But, a, but going back to it, did you do you think he'll, he will try to go pro? Now, there's a kid at Notre Dame who had a great uh, bowl game and probably could have had a shot to try to go that route. And he just – he already announced, like, that's it. I'm done playing football. I've got a job lined up uh, come here in a couple of days. I wouldn't be and, surprised if he did that. Really? I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he did that. But I I would guess that he would want to play it out and see if yeah. there is a chance for him to make it onto a roster. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. With Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox, weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. 
Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, oh, 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 O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. So when it comes to the college football playoffs, that was maybe the best stretch of high-level football I I'm I think I've ever seen in one day in college football. Those that playoff on on Saturday, the playoff matchups, TCU Michigan and tons of storylines coming out of both of those. And then obviously Georgia Ohio State to finish it off. Unbelievable college football just from an entertainment standpoint, hard to do better than that. College pro, I don't care what sport it is, that was absolutely phenomenal what we saw on Saturday. Had a little bit of everything, right, guys? Yeah. I mean, you had, like, tight games, high scoring, good defense at times. You had controversy, um, especially the way the, the first game had ended uh, with the Tulane player. That was targeting. I mean, let, let's be honest. That was by the definition of the rule, targeting uh, against Michigan – or, excuse me, against the Michigan player. Yeah. Should have been called, although in that moment, it really felt like the officials didn't want to interject themselves into the game knowing that it would have given not only a 15-yard penalty to Michigan, but another chance to potentially come back and win that thing, even as it seemed a bit unlikely uh, in that moment. But I, I digress. Uh, and you had that in the, in the next game too, right? Marvin Harrison, that hit, that he ends up getting knocked out of the game uh, with a concussion. And however, somehow, some way, uh, it's not considered targeting. Um, so a, a bit of controversy, I think, in both with at least how it was officiated. That being said, what a season for TCU and them just kind of being a team of destiny in the way they they played the season. And, and how about Georgia? I mean, wire to wire, the defending national champions once again are going to have a chance as almost a two-touchdown favorite 
to defend their crown. And so how about that for Kirby Smart and their team? It's pretty wild, man. I was at the game, saw Coach Rick, um, thoughts and prayers and shots out to him. And, you know, how he, you know, where he's at with things, dealing with what he's dealing with. But, man, that TCU, to me, first thing I thought is he's that or TCU is what's I I think it's great for college football. And I think it's great for college football because TCU is one of those type teams you'd say it's Cincinnati, you know, the year before and how well they played. And you're like, you would love to see a team like Cincinnati make it into the playoff and and see if they could do it. Um, I didn't think that TCU stood a real chance against Michigan. I don't know about how a lot of other people felt about it, but I just thought that the way Michigan has been playing, that they would be too much, especially in the run game. And I know they had the starter out, but they still have a talented, you know, talented back and and still have a talented offensive line. I just thought it was I thought it was interesting. On I honestly thought that TCU and Georgia came out the most prepared out of the, the four teams. And it's interesting because they both ended up winning. Now, with that being said, Michigan did adjust like they always do. And they did come storming back, but they weren't able to to get some key stops and and key moments. And I think Marvin Harrison Jr. going out with that concussion was the difference in the game. Because I don't even think that it comes down to that final field goal if Marvin is still in that game. He was Uh dicing them up. Right. And and in the end, it's interesting because Stetson Bennett, I mean, the dude is a freaking warrior, man. Um, you know that that last drive when when he was hitting them downfield and going after it, I was I was surprised in a way that that Ohio State went so conservative after Stroud's run. I would have stayed on the gas, yeah, because that's I mean, what got you a- there. You were settling for a 50-yard field goal in college? I'm thinking, what in the hell are you thinking running the ball up the middle like that? I mean, I just – that was to me probably as much as we want to talk about Marvin Harrison and him not coming back in. You know, look, the medical staff, even though he came out frustrated, they wouldn't give him his helmet. You know, they looked – appeared like he was okay. But, again, I'm not going to get into the long-term health issues and everything with that. That played a huge impact. But that decision in and of itself to not be more aggressive in that moment, I think is what spelled Ohio State's demise. Like it just to me that was that was a bad, bad situation to put Ruggles in, their kicker, a fifty yarder to win it, and that was how you're supposed to do it. I just you're almost for a team that I think had Georgia on the ropes, right? You're almost kind of begging or hoping for a chance in that instance if that's how you want it to play out. So I thought that was one of his bigger coaching blunders well, he's had this, this year. And answer I'll, me this, because oh, – hold on, John. Because when I'm watching the game, all I could sit there and say to myself was, wow, they're afraid they're going to turn the ball over. They're, they're afraid. And is that a lack of confidence in the receiving core? Is that a lack of confidence in Marcus Stroud? Excuse me, C.J. Stroud. He he played himself into a more solidified draft status and stock in this game. I thought he played a phenomenal football game. And to be in one of the most pivotal moments of the game, he makes an amazing run. Why do you now throttle down like – do you feel like that was an indictment on their trust of what what Stroud could do in in that scenario? Like, I'd rather do it this way and trust the leg of the kicker? Stroud was the best player on the field. Yeah. Well, like, Marvin Jones Jr. was the best player Marvin on the field. Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison. Jesus. Yeah. You know, I had a rough day yesterday, by the way. So yeah. y'all, well, we, you guys we got, got the hour coming up. We'll, we'll get Thank to you. Thank you, sir. Thank <laughs> we you. We got it coming up. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, to your point, though, LeVar, I'll echo that. Uh, and I know Jonas wants to go, but. <laughs> he, uh, um, messed up. It, I mean, with the way I look at this draft Absolutely. class now, after seeing that from <laughs> C.J. Stroud, it's Long Bryce Young than C.J. Stroud. Like, I think if you go with Will Levis and Anthony Richardson ahead of either one of those two guys, 
you are hoping and praying they develop like Josh Allen has. Like, that's what you're hoping and you're praying for. And I'll tell you this much. There's only one Josh Allen. And there's only one circumstance where Josh Allen went to an in Buffalo and had the same offensive coordinator for three years, the same stability and head coach and, and everything for three years in their front office. And then they give him arguably one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in Stephon Diggs in year three. If that's your plan for Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, great. More power to you. I think it eventually is going to work out for you. But otherwise, you better go with a guy like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Both those guys are more prepared to take over what is usually a pretty bad franchise than the other two guys are because they've got some internal work to do before that. So I'm with you. I thought C.J. Stroud proved a lot of doubters and people wrong showing his mobility, not only running, but I think in the pocket. Like, that was what impressed me most Mm -hmm. is the way he slid and moved around the pocket, got out of harm's way because if you think about like, that's what he's going to have to do in the next level. He's going to get drafted to a bad football team with a bad offensive line. He's going to have to be able to do that the next level, and he put that on display. Uh, Michigan, man. Michigan. What, what? Michigan. They just they couldn't get a stop. No. And, and I mean, every it, time you thought, okay, now, now they're starting to figure it out. Now they're starting to roll. Missed tackle, and it was like they couldn't stop TCU from big plays. And it was just there was no answers for him, and and you just saw the way that game finished up, and the bad snap at the end, and the targeting. I mean, it just that was a bad bad look all the way around for Michigan. They're a big play machine, man. I mean, Quentin Johnston will probably be the first wide receiver taken in this draft class. Um, Darius Davis, their slot and returner, is dynamic. Tay Barber is almost a, a gets left behind because of the other two and how good they are, you know. And even with uh, Kendra Miller out. DeMarcado, the SMU transfer, came in as a backup running back. He's been fantastic when he's asked to. And obviously, Duggan's played tough. And, they, and they've got other guys who kind of pitch in, who've got size and speed, too, behind those guys. So it's just – it's a really interesting cast. And, look, Sonny Dykes has, has kind of been – they've been the forgotten team in, in ways as far as, you know, playing against uh, other teams out there. Texas this season, they were obviously an underdog. And other times where they've been an under, underdog. This, this game, they were a seven-and-a-half-point underdog. Well, now they're a two-touchdown underdog. You know, TCU's 10-3-1 against the spread. So I think they really love being in that position. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see, you know, (laughs) if they can pull this thing off. Uh, The Roman Wilson touchdown or no? Uh, Touchdown. That was was a bad call. Yeah. I, I don't really know how you determine that he had possession until he got across the plane. Yeah. Like, that's the only way you could look at that play. I thought the officiating in these games was inconsistent, and there was times it was just downright bad, and I'm sure Mike Pereira or Dean Blandino will be upset about that, but um, the reality is it just, it just was. It was incredibly inconsistent from game to game and with the calls, and I thought targeting in particular – got a little bit exposed in, in a couple of different ways. You know, in, in the first case, in the TCU-Michigan game, there's two definitions of targeting, one where there's a defensive player and then one with the way the player uses their helmet. And I think both plays were defined, or both rules were defined in each of them. One with the, T, the, the TCU player and the way he used his helmet to hit the Michigan player, in that case, that was the, the first one. And then the second one would have been Marvin Harrison in the process of making a catch, who's considered defenseless, took a shot in the head and neck area. You know, I don't know how you get, you'd keep a guy out from a game with concussion symptoms or if that's the concern, if he wasn't hit to the head or neck area. Because even when he came to the ground, it wasn't like his hand really, head really slammed against the ground. It was that initial hit from, I believe, Bullard, um, that that would have caused that, and that should have been targeting as well. Let me ask you a question: the targeting in the Michigan TCU game. Do you guys think if that's the second quarter they call targeting? Because I do. Yes, yes. Uh, so just think about that. That it's broke. Like you can't. Like that. That's that's an egregious mistake to make. And if their if their reasoning is. Well, you know, in the in that point in the game, we didn't want to we didn't want it to impact the result of the game. Okay, then why is the rule there to begin with? If you're calling it in the second quarter, why would you not call it in the fourth quarter with the game on a line? It was clearly targeting. I didn't know, I don't know how uh, they came back with that. I'm not going to go as far as saying it's broke. I just think as as a group of officials, you have to have the confidence to make that call. You you have to be able to say this is the rule. I don't care what point in time when it happens in the game. It should be targeting. 
and we should make this call. So to me, that's more of the issue, is if you're factoring in the situation of the game over the, the health and safety and well-being of players, then you've got your priorities wrong. Mm. It's Well, I, I was just going to say, I saw a lot of hits where I was in conflict as to if it was targeting. And I was in conflict of of it. Like one, and some of them, they put their the crown of their head down. Done. Targeting. The minute I see the head go down, that's targeting. But there were some where the hit was made. Even, like, I'm going to be honest. Well, no, no, because he did put his head down a little bit. But I, I just, I, I see some of these hits where they're lowering themselves but they're turning their body to make contact with their shoulder. I'm, I think what I'm trying to figure out now is, are we getting to a point now where we have to say they have to hit them with less force? You know, because now I'm, I'm, I'm now starting to wonder, are hard hits, like, are, those penalt- are those penalty offenses? And and that's kind of where I'm at now. I I, I watched how Jalen Smith could have planted the quarterback in in the game that you know in the uh, the New York game, and he pulled up. He pulled up because he didn't you know he thought that the guy didn't have the ball, and and I know that that's because you don't want to get a dumb penalty. It's considered to be a dumb penalty if Jalen Smith takes him down to the ground or if he thumps him and hits him. And the ball has been released, and then now here comes a flag. You know, some of this is is kind of striking me as: Are we now needing to? Ha- I mean, and and I'm just, I'm not even trying to be like you know sarcastic here. I am being totally honest. Are we now getting to a place where there has to be the conversation of monitoring how hard you approach to make a hit? And, yeah, and I mean, that's that's it's a dilemma. I I don't know if it's that so much. I just think they need to be more consistent with the way they're calling, you know, the use of the crown of the helmet. They, they've changed the size of it. It used to be if you put a bull on top of your head, that was what they defined as the crown. Now they're not defining that as the crown anymore, you know, because they thought there's too many guys who are getting called for hits that where they were they were using the proper technique, but they're considering it. Uh, targeting because just a hit to the head and neck area you know now they've they've really changed it to where it's a smaller circle on the top of the helmet and so it helps to see them lowering it but really it's just the use of that very top portion of the helmet to create contact in order to call targeting so um that that's that i just think the rule needs to be officiated more consistently it hasn't been and, and that's a bigger conversation for another day fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live oh 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 o'reilly are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 